10 best tools to stay mentally sharp at work. How can you maintain peak concentration during difficult tasks? Besides just chugging coffee, of course. Staying sharp can be tricky. Even when you desperately need to focus, it can be hard to stop a wandering mind. You might get stuck, unable to push past what ought to be a simple problem. Persisting through these moments of frustration can require a lot of willpower. So in this episode, I'd like to touch on 10 tools that I use to stay mentally sharp, and while doing so, hopefully shine a light on some of the cognitive science that makes them work. Number one, take smart breaks. There's nothing wrong with taking a break. Taking your mind off a problem, at least temporarily, can even lead to a breakthrough. When your attention is diffuse, it's easier to make the longer range connections you need to solve creative problems. Checking email or Facebook, however, can make it hard to return to the task at hand. So if you need a break, the best strategy is to take smart breaks, activities that are unlikely to become an ongoing distraction. So some good ones include briefly meditating or even just sitting with your eyes closed, going for a 10 minute walk, stretching or doing push-ups, getting a glass of water. The idea here is to make the break relaxing, not distracting. Number two, wean yourself off your phone. So what makes a difficult task effortful? Well, one theory says our perception of effort is actually a calculation of opportunity costs. Your brain has a limited capacity for attention demanding tasks. Focusing on one thing means ignoring something else. So it would make sense for there to be a system that discourages us from getting stuck on low value activities. Now, the problem is what counts as low value. Sometimes we really need to do something, but it's not the kind of activity our brain finds naturally rewarding. We need to study, but our brain finds TikTok videos more fun instead. One way to make hard work less effortful is to reduce the salience of tempting alternatives. If you never work with your phone accessible, the thought of quickly checking social media isn't nearly as alluring. Creating working spaces or times where distractions aren't accessible prevents getting derailed and can make the work less effortful as well. Number three, shift to the meta task. Sometimes you get stuck. How do you get out of it? Well, one trick I like to use I call switching to the meta task. Meta comes from the Greek meta, meaning after or beyond, and indicates a shift to a more abstract layer of a problem. The idea here is that if you get stuck in the task itself, you can shift your attention to figuring out why you're stuck. So say you're writing an essay and you've been staring at a blank page for over an hour. Switching to the meta task would mean instead of writing the essay, write about how you don't know what to write about. Now this exercise can help you articulate the difficulty you face and find a solution. So you might, for instance, recognize that your problem is that you're worried you'll write a bad first draft. But then you realize you can always edit it later, so you commit to writing badly and editing later. Alternatively, you might recognize that you're missing a good opening, and so you can start writing the middle sections instead. Either way, now you're unstuck. Number four. Apply the Yerkes-Dodson Law. One of the earliest findings in experimental psychology was the Yerkes-Dodson Law, a U-shaped relationship between general arousal and performance. Psychologists Robert Yerkes and John Dodson found that performance suffered when subjects were either too alert or relaxed. 
another finding related optimal arousal to task complexity. So simpler tasks benefited from higher degrees of focused alertness, whereas higher arousal hurt performance for more complicated tasks. And what does this mean for your work? Well, one implication is that you need to find the right degree of stimulation to keep you focused. If your attention keeps wandering off, you may work better in a noisier coffee shop than in the library. Conversely, if you've already had that third cup of coffee, well, the library might be better. Another implication is that more complex creative work benefits from a more relaxed kind of focus. Even if you're able to work through simple tasks while under a lot of pressure, lowering your anxiety and stress about a task, say through visualization or meditation, helps with high performance work. Number five, set specific, achievable short-term targets. Edwin Locke pioneered the scientific study of goal setting. His research found that specific, challenging goals resulted in higher performance, and that these did better than do-your-best goals or non-specific targets. Since then, industrial psychology has generally supported the value of goals in increasing performance. However, there are some caveats. For complex tasks, a goal-oriented approach may actually inhibit performance. Maintaining the goal in mind leaves less space in your working memory for exploring the problem space. Thus, for novel or frustrating tasks, a playful attitude where you just try things out may be more appropriate. Goals only work if they're accepted. Giving someone a goal that they don't believe is achievable makes it more likely that they will reject the goal and thus it will fail to have an effect on performance. Before any session where you need to focus, clearly spell out what you want to accomplish. Setting a moderately challenging goal that you believe you can achieve will help focus your mind in ways that just clocking in cannot. Number six, cultivate an interruption-free environment. How do you stay focused when you constantly get urgent emails from your boss? Your desk mate is loudly typing beside you. Your three-year-old keeps coming to your home office to ask a quick question. The key to improving focus is to negotiate your environment in advance. Most of the time, the people around you would like you to be more productive. The problem is one of communicating what you need and making concessions to keep your relationship smooth. So a boss might be fine with a reply in an hour, provided she knows you haven't forgotten the new task. Colleagues and even many children can respect a closed door if they know it means you're doing deep work. The difficulty is often one of planning the environment ahead of time, not just getting frustrated afterward. Number seven, jam your quitting triggers. How do you persist for hours on work that makes you want to quit after only a few minutes? Perhaps it's working through a difficult assignment, reading a dense manual, or finally getting started on a task you've been dreading. One key thing to recognize is that the urge to give up is rarely constant. Even in the most miserable assignment, your actual moment-to-moment -moment mood varies quite a bit. What often happens is that the urge to quit arrives at a specific, predictable moment. Identify that moment, and you can use a light touch to diffuse it. So, say you need to grind through flashcards to prepare for a test. Every time you get a few wrong in a row, you feel a strong urge to take a break. Instead, you could set a rule for yourself. I can take a break whenever I get the last one correct. Well, what happens? Now, your exit from the task is only after a little positive reinforcement, so it's harder to simply drop it and easier to start again later. Now, perhaps your problem is giving up before you even begin. 
setting a timer for 20 minutes and only letting yourself quit after it dings can keep you in the game long enough to get into a flow. Committing to work for at least 20 minutes is much easier than committing to work for three hours straight, even if it may have a similar effect in the end. Number eight, master the power nap. Sleep is essential for thinking. With less and less sleep, our mental performance deteriorates. In one study, after losing sleep for multiple nights in a row, subjects thought their fatigue was leveling off, even though their mental performance continued to decline. While little can replace getting a full night's sleep, being able to take a nap can help. The key is to avoid getting into the deeper stages of sleep that lead to grogginess later. Roughly 20 minutes is a good length of time for a nap. As an additional strategy, you can take a coffee nap. Caffeine works by blocking adenosine receptors in the brain. However, it is less effective if those receptors are already activated. A quick nap can remove some of the adenosine and replace it with caffeine to temporarily improve your mental performance. Number nine, minimize mental overhead. Working memory is the psychological concept that corresponds closest to what we think of as mental bandwidth. It's the things you're actively thinking about right now. Working memory is in contrast to long-term memory, which is everything you know and remember, whether you're thinking about it or not. The critical thing to realize about working memory is that it is limited. George Miller, the psychologist, famously pegged the quantity of information it can contain as seven plus or minus two items. Now, more recent research suggests that it might be even lower than this, as low as four items. Compare that to a computer's random access memory, which today can easily store 16 billion units of information. Now, one way to cope with limited working memory is to offload what you're doing onto paper. Writing allows you to externalize your thoughts so you can see new connections. Getting in the habit of regularly writing down your thinking can be a great tool for problem solving. Number 10, don't play the polar bear game. Okay, so let's play a game. The rules are simple. Don't think about polar bears. Ready? Go. Did you think about polar bears? This effect is known in psychology as ironic processing, originally studied by Daniel Wegner. Although we recognize the self-defeating nature of the polar bear game, we often slip into the same pattern when it comes to our focus. We attempt a task, notice our mind is wandering, and then chastise ourselves, saying, I need to stop daydreaming, get back to work. Except this tends to make focusing even harder. Mindfulness meditation offers a solution. Meditators have long recognized the futility of trying to suppress an unwanted thought. This can be particularly hard when distracting yourself with a different thought isn't the desired goal either. The solution is to be gentle with yourself. Let the distraction come and go without getting ruffled. Some days you'll feel sharp. The writing will flow, the code will compile, and the problems will seem easy. Other days will feel more like a slog. And when the latter come, don't beat yourself up. Just calm your mind and let yourself gently return to the task. Thanks for listening to this episode. More episodes like this can be found by searching for Scott Young Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on most other podcasting apps available on your smartphone. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider rating my show as it helps other people find out about it. 
More of my work can be found on my website at scotthyoung.com.